Now, it's time for Scott Weinberg on the Law, featuring renowned attorney Scott Weinberg, along with guest experts and some of the best attorneys in the country, sharing what you need to know to protect your legal rights. Scott Weinberg on the Law is produced by CBS Radio and TalkZone.com. Now, here's your host, Scott Weinberg. Good morning, America. Wake up and smell your rights burning with the coffee. That's right. This is your new attorney and host, Scott Weinberg. I am here to wake you up from you sleeping on your rights. And that is what this show is going to be. I am on your rights. You've been sleeping on your right to be free from government intrusion, from the police, from your abusive spouse, and from your family or your boss at work. It's amazing. We calmly sit by and let so many people and the government officials boss us around. Our loved ones boss us around. Our loved ones get bossed around and their rights are abused because we're all too afraid. We're afraid of standing up for what our fathers and our forefathers fought for hundreds of years in our Constitution, our right to be free. Now, you might think that things are fine the way they are, but the police are making anywhere from your teenager to blow on a preliminary breath test without a search warrant to them arresting your husband because the neighbor felt it important to call the police. Believe me, your rights are your rights, and they're being stomped on upon on a daily basis. I'm attorney Scott Weinberg, and for over 20 years, I've been trying to protect people and their rights. I used to be a prosecuting attorney. I'm now a criminal defense attorney, and every Sunday morning, I'm going to wake you up to your rights. I'm going to make you understand exactly what's going on on a daily basis on your rights here on CBS Radio. So I hope you can join us. Call us at 1-800-7100-LAW. That's 1-800-7100-529. And talk to me live about what's going on in your life with your rights. Are there any troubles that's going on in your house that you need to protect yourself from? Is your boss discriminating against you and you want to be able to take some action? Is there something going on in your neighborhood that you believe is really infringing on your right to live free? Are there police that are bugging you, that are basically watching your every move so that you can't even live your life? Because let me tell you something, that happens every single day. So call me at 1-800-7100-LAW and get my advice on how you can protect you and your family and your loved ones under the rights that we take advent that we don't take advantage of every single day. I am so excited to get people who listen to this show and aware of their constitutional rights to simply be left alone. Why is it the government officials? I mean, why is it that we can't be free from prosecutors to police to any elected official when they feel that they have the discretion to decide who to subjectively arrest? Who to, under their own discretion, decide that they want to charge us with a crime because they feel that it's the protection of society. What happens is our, our prosecutors have too much discretion. They are under what's called the executive power. They can choose, for instance, if our teenager is, um, is having some type of relationship with his girlfriend, whether to charge a sex crime and ruin that kid's life or not. 
It's totally discretionary with that prosecutor. What we need to do is we need to have more conformity, more objective standards, so that prosecutors can't just decide on a willy-nilly basis when they want to choose or not, because that, when they want to charge, because that is too discretionary. It gives too much power to our government over us. So we're going to discuss a lot of these topics, a whole range of topics on the law that affect your daily living every Sunday. We can't change things today, but we sure as heck can change them every day. So one of the things that we want to do is get people involved. Call me at 1-800-7100-LAW. That's 1-800-7100-529. One of the things that are going on today, I, you know, I was just reading in the uh, in the paper about uh, Sam Riddle, uh, his uh, his assault case. Of course, he's the one that got uh, a uh, charge in federal court too. But there was a hung jury. But he also has a domestic violence case going against him with the uh, uh, along with uh, former state rep Mary Waters. And it, you know, it's it's actually a very typical kind of case where you have an assault. Where you've got one individual, whether it's a famous individual or it's just the guy down the street. You've got a guy who is accused of some kind of assault. And, you know, assaults are really just putting someone in fear that they're going to get beat up. It's it, The technical term is in fear of immediate battery. But basically it just means, especially in domestic violence cases, you're going to be putting your loved one or your spouse or someone that you have a domestic partner relationship with in your house, that you're putting them in fear that they're going to be hurt. And it's a it's a law that should be enforced. The problem is it should be enforced by the complainant or in this case by a victim who wants it enforced. And in so many cases in this, in Michigan and beyond, I'm licensed here in Michigan and Illinois. So for 20 years practicing here in Illinois, it's where the prosecutor takes over the case. So a, a, an example is someone calls, said there's something going on, whether it's a neighbor, someone in the household, someone calls saying, we need the police out here. The police come out and believe me, when the police come out, someone is going to be arrested. It's not going to be where they're going to say, well, we came out and everything seems fine. We're going to walk away. Nine times out of ten, they're going to arrest someone. And 80% of the time, it's going to be the guy. It's just the way it is in this state. And when they do that, even if the complainant doesn't want to go through with the case, they're still going to want to go through with it. The public policy is that we want to take the right or at least the discretion to prosecute away from the victim, or in this case, the spouse or a loved one, and we want to give it with the state so we don't have any undue pressure left on the uh, domestic partner. But what it does, it means that, like in this case, when uh, Mary Waters wants to drop the case, supposedly, from any prosecution, the state says, no, we're going to still go forward. In fact, in that case, because there was a weapon involved, he's facing a mandatory two years in prison if he's convicted. I'm not getting into whether or not he should be charged at all. That's for someone else to decide. That's for an elected prosecutor, the assistant, to decide. I'm not saying that it's not something that we should protect people against. Of course. There are so many times where spouses or abuses are abusing their other spouse. 
I'm saying that we should allow the complainants to have discretion whether or not they want to continue with the case. I mean, it's ridiculous. How can we have rights afforded our citizenry, us, when we can't decide we want to go through a case in the first place? And that's what it seems like it's going on with that uh, with that riddle case. They should give the discretion to the complainant so that she can decide what to do. And that and that happens every single day. I mean I can I can tell you hundreds of times that I've seen domestic violence cases where you would just you wouldn't believe that the prosecutor isn't agreeing to dismiss the charges. I had a case one time where they had a um the complainant it was at a party. And these were all adults and there were probably you know, 15 to 20 other adults there. And the neighbor was all pissed off. He was all mad because it was being loud. So, of course, he called for a uh, complaint. The police came and said, you know what? They're not that loud. I'm not going to do anything. And so he said that, oh, yeah, well, I heard that uh, one of the people were screaming, get off me. So, of course, the police felt, oh, well, there's a danger going in. They knocked on the door, came in. And they started interviewing people. The neighbor pointed out, well, I think that's who it was. And they arrested that individual for domestic violence against the girlfriend. And the girlfriend saying, he didn't even touch me. He didn't do anything. But the neighbor said, well, I heard her screaming that he was on her. Now, we eventually got that case dismissed. But to get it dismissed, he had to be arraigned on the charges. He had to hire an attorney. He had to bond out. He had to go through a pretrial, and we had to have a trial where we showed the jury that the whole thing was so ridiculous. It was such a waste of government funds, of our tax dollars, on the mere statement that they had someone who could identify that there was something going on. They didn't give even the, quote, victim the right to say, hey, nothing happened. Of course, she took the stand and testified that he didn't do anything. But those kind of cases, you might think that those kind of cases are unique, that there is most of the time a guy beating up a girl and therefore he should be charged and go to jail. But that is not. If you practice in this area and if you had any friends that have had these kind of things going on, that is not the case. I'm not saying that there is not a place for domestic violence laws. Believe me. There are many, many times that the police come out and save an individual, whether it's a wife or a husband, or whether it's a woman or a man, or a child or a grandparent from some violent situation in a home. So I'm not saying we shouldn't have these domestic violence laws. What I'm saying is they have to be more, there has to be more discretion when to enforce them. We have to have requirements to have a prosecutor not simply just charge and not be willing to listen to the complainant or the quote victim in the case in order to prosecute this case they have to do it that seems what's going on with many cases whether in the paper or most of the time that you never even read about you just never know what's going on until you get in you can read the police report you actually talk with the people that were at the scene. And that's what we actually do in our criminal law firm. We make sure that 
we investigate everything because simply just because it's in the police report doesn't mean that there's not another witness that was at the party or might have been standing outside or doing something that could contribute to if it's going to be a prosecutor deciding to charge or to dismiss that we want to get their voice heard. So many times lawyers simply just rely on the police report as the factual basis for what was going on. Well, you know, we're all grown. So we all know there's always three sides of the story. There's the defendants, there's the complainants, and then there's the truth. And just because someone is my client or someone is hiring a lawyer doesn't mean that that is necessarily the truth. But just because the police wrote up a statement or took statements at a scene doesn't mean that's the way it was anyway. There are always three sides to that story. And until you hear all of them, you always have to choose which ones fit, not simply because someone says it's the way it is. So you always have to make sure that if you have an attorney, they're looking at all different sides of that case. If you don't have an attorney, well, you're always welcome to hire us. You can call us at 1-800-7100-LAW. That's 1-800-7100-529. Or if you have an attorney and you want me to talk to him, hey, listen, I'm happy to happy to help you out in any way. Just say that you heard uh, Scott Weinberg on uh, on his law show, Weinberg on the Law, and uh, and I'm happy to uh, advise them what to do, or at least give them some uh, uh, straight talk to what I think is going on with uh, with your case. One of the other uh, things that are going on with uh, um, with uh, domestic violence cases and associated with that is many times child abuse cases. Did you read in the paper in uh, uh, this last week where they charged these parents for leaving a three-year-old? They charged them with child abuse. Now, I don't know if there was child abuse or not. This is not about whether or not the prosecutor should charge um, a child abuse case. This is about the fact that you should do more investigation on whether or not you're going to charge it. This is a case where a three-year-old was left uh, behind by some warned parents at a party. It was a birthday party. <laughs> and whether they intentionally did it or there was a mistake, this child was left behind because one of the parents thought that the child, at least my understanding, the child was um, going to the grandparents' house. So, of course, you know, as we all know, kids, when we have divorced parents or when you have different um, uh, grandparents, people involved taking care of a child, you don't always know who is going, who the child is going with. Now, most of the time you do, but if you, for instance, have uh, a situation where someone's supposed to pick up your child at a party and you are leaving and you feel that the uh, divorced husband is supposed to do it or your grand or your your parents are supposed to do it it is incumbent on you to make sure that that happened so the question here was that the mother or the father felt that the child was going with the grandparent this is last week and when a day and a half went by and it turns out of course what turns out is nobody picked up the child and the child was then found and taken into taken uh, care of, and they decided, is that good enough to charge child abuse charges on the parents? 
you know, and everybody, some people would say, yeah, are you kidding me? I mean, listen, I got kids. I can't imagine not knowing where that child's going to be. But I have a, uh, what would be a nuclear family. I talk to my wife every single day. I would either be at the, at that place to be able to take the child or know that the mother took the child. But here, they didn't do enough investigation to find out where that child would be at every moment. And so the prosecutor had a dilemma. Do we just let it go and say, you know what, they were traumatized enough, this child is traumatized enough, the parents who came looking for the child when they found, oh my God, I don't know where uh, the child went, were they traumatized enough? Or should we go even farther and teach the parents that you can't do this, that we need to charge child abuse charges on you so not only can we punish you, so you'll never do it again, or at least always think twice to do it again, but we will show the rest of the community that you have to be way more diligent in taking care of the child. And I'm not here to say whether it's right or wrong. I'm just here to say that it is discretionary with the prosecutor, like we talked about before, like a domestic violence case, to choose to charge child abuse or choose to charge a domestic violence. And in this case, that's exactly what they did. They charged child abuse second degree. So you got to decide on your own whether or not you think that is appropriate charge and whether or not these parents just should have given a warning and maybe had some kind of classes or something like that as opposed to being charged with a criminal offense. You can call here at 1-800-7100-LAW, 1-800-7100-529, and, uh, and we can talk all about that. You know, there was this uh, new uh, new assault um, that was going on up at uh, Michigan State. These kids, uh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing with these kids. They, well, I'm sure we all read about these uh, Michigan State players last fall. They were accused of uh, getting into a fight, and of course, all of them really got. I, I, I don't know if any of them are going back and play again. We're going to talk later on this uh, this hour with one of the uh, kids' attorneys, but it's amazing where whether you have it at Michigan State or you have it at a uh, a local uh, high school, where when there are more than one individual involved, and it's a sports team, whether it's a famous sports team, whether it's a local community. A high school team where the, when a, when the press gets a hold of it, the prosecutor and the judge really feel that they don't have a lot of discretion or that subjective type of discretion that we talked about before. That they have to charge. They can't just let things go. Now, I don't know if they should have let things go in this case, but I'll tell you one thing. If it wasn't in the press, I'll bet you it would be a different result, perhaps a different charge and a different way of working with these kids than because it became a famous case. That because it basically made it where you have to show that you're tough. And so they have to charge certain things. They have to have certain results. They can't just let it go. The prosecutor feels, and I used to be a prosecuting attorney, the prosecutor feels obligated to do something that they will show the community that they're going to be tough, that they're not going to tolerate certain things. And it makes it very difficult because sometimes you sit there and say, yeah, but but 
it's it's wrong. We shouldn't ruin these kids' um, ability to play ball. We shouldn't ruin their ability to stay at the school. We shouldn't put a criminal conviction on their record that they can never get off, whether it's this or some other type of assault case. But then the prosecutor looks at it and says, hey, there was a fight going on. There were people involved in kicking, and perhaps there could it could have been so much worse. Someone could have gotten killed. Someone could have been seriously even more injured than was the case in the, in this MSU case. And and that's the dilemma of a prosecutor is when to choose to do that. And it's not an easy choice, but it does give them so much discretion on when to prosecute a case. If you want to talk about that or anything else, just give me a call. 1-800-7100-LAW. We're going to take a break and, uh, and we're going to talk about that. Just call 1-800-7100-529. This is Weinberg on the Law. Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and try to keep your record clean? Then you need the attorneys from Weinberg Law at 1-800-7100-LAW. And if you call right now, they can qualify you for a payment plan designed just for you. That's right, an affordable top criminal law firm. Call 1-800-7100-LAW. Stay out of jail, keep your record clean, and qualify for payment plans. Call now, 1-800-710-0529. That's 1-800-7100-LAW. 